At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VEASAN Daily Morning Bets. Here's your host, Josh Applebaum. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to your Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. I'm Ben Wilson in once again for Josh Applebaum as we continue on these midweek shows to dive deep into the college basketball card. And a little programming note today, I'll be on VEASAN actually not only today, but the next Three days here filling in for Gil Alexander on a numbers game. You can hear that 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time. I'll be on with Kelly Bidlin there on a numbers game. We'll talk a lot of college basketball, and we'll dive into that as well here today. It's actually been my focus on the betting side now that we're post-football, getting ready for the start of March Madness Selection Sunday, well under a month away, and some good results last night. Did not hit the under in UConn and Creighton. That was a loser, but did have a nice win on Toledo laying a short price, and even though I was not on it, congratulations to a lot of you who are on the BYU side as well. We recommended this as of the recording time early yesterday morning to maybe look at a money line play if you were still wanting to get in on a big line movement toward BYU, and that worked out, BYU covering all numbers. We're back at it today. Pretty good slate as well. I have three games to talk about, a couple of bets that I really like here that we are firing on as we get into the early morning hours of this Wednesday We have one premier top 25 matchup, and it's a rare spot where I'm actually looking to lay a pretty big number with a favorite. Not something I'm normally doing, especially in conference play, but we will do it in Tuscaloosa, where 24th-ranked Florida, currently a seven seed right now in the latest ESPN Bracketology, goes to T-Town, taking on 13th-ranked Alabama, where the Tide are a projected two seed. You're talking about one of the highest totals you will get all year, 174-and-a-half was the opener on this thing, and that would give you an implied total. Final score, at least, with Alabama opening an eight-point favorite of 91.5 to 83.5. Just think about that for a second. But these are two of the most high-powered offenses, two of the highest-tempo teams as well, and two teams who tend not to play a ton of defense. There's actually been a little bit of undermoney coming in. We're at 174 now, pretty much everywhere. This touched as high as 175, but you figure there will be a lot of movement on that. 
back and forth throughout the day as a lot of public bettors are going to come in and likely bet over as high as this thing is. It's just the nature of the beast here. Florida ninth on offense. Alabama, your number one offense in the country. Each are top 40 in tempo. Each are outside the top 70 in overall defense. It's an easy equation when you think about it as far as the total, but I'm not touching it. I'm going to look at the side here. I missed the eights. There were some eights out there early, but this got bet up pretty quick to eight and a half. And that is where I jumped in, laying the points with Alabama, minus eight and a half. It comes down to the fact that both teams really have very similar statistical profiles and also play in a very similar style, yet Alabama in every regard. They're just a better version of exactly what Florida wants to do. And the big issue right now for the Gators is they're going through this gauntlet of SEC play that you sometimes see teams have during the regular season where you you have a whole lot of games stacked back-to-back where it goes right down to the wire. You have emotional, intense, full 40-minute efforts. And the last six games for Florida, five of those have been two possessions or less with a couple of overtime wins in that stretch. The only game that was not close was a huge game for Florida. They got up and knocked off Auburn, a top-10 team at home, by 16 points. So the point is, there's been a lot of energy expended by Todd Golden's team over the last few weeks. They're in great form, winners of 7 of 8 after a 1-3 and three start in the SEC. But this is a tough matchup for a team that's played a lot of really tight, grinded-out games over the last couple weeks in Alabama. Who do everything well? Bama's 10th and 2-pointers on the season, 11th and 3-point percentage. They take a ton of 3s, 6th in ratio. So they make both 2s and 3s at a really efficient clip. And they also are smart in that they take a lot of threes since they are a good three-point shooting team. It seems, too, like a team that, with head coach Nate Oates, who's one of the more fiery coaches we have in today's college basketball landscape, whenever they get embarrassed or whenever there's a down performance, you tend to see for at least a week or two just a significant uptick in the energy and intensity. And that's exactly what we've seen happen over the last couple games after Alabama went to Auburn in a high-profile top-10 showdown, and frankly was embarrassed. Lost that game 99-81, but the Tigers really dominated the Tide in that rivalry game. Ever since then, Alabama's been amazing on offense. 209 points combined in the last two games. They went to Baton Rouge, beat LSU on the road, knocked off Texas A&M at home in their last game. Big reason why, it's the 6-1 senior guard Mark Sears who can control the game on both ends. I love the way, even though he's a smaller guard, he's so good at creating separation on the perimeter. He's really shifty. He's tough to prevent from finding shooting lanes. And part of that's because he's really effective, not only from beyond the arc where you'd expect a 6-1 spot-up guard to have a lot of success, but he's so good at weaving into the alleys, either setting up teammates for buckets or hitting those tough floaters, runners, other shots in the paint. He's hitting 56% on twos this year as well as 45% on threes, which is 35th in the country. He can do it all. He's 16th in true shooting, which is super impressive for a guy that small in today's college game. 23 points each of the last two games. Think about how that matches up against Florida. Gators are 90th in defense this year. They are 311th in forcing turnovers. They just don't really do it. They hope you miss shots. And in a team that is as well-oiled of a machine on offense in Alabama, who's playing motivated, playing hard, playing fast, playing at home tonight, I don't see where Florida's getting the stops consistently enough down the stretch. And as great as the Gators have been playing recently on offense, they do it by crashing the glass. They're second in offensive rebounding in the country, but they're not all that efficient actually shooting the ball. Takes them a lot of possessions, takes them some time and a lot of second chances 
to get points on the board. They're outside the top 125 in both two- and three-point shooting. Against a team like Alabama, you need more than that. You need better shooting, even if you're getting cleanup chances on the glass time. And again, it ultimately over 40 minutes will not be enough. So I like Alabama to win this thing going away. I'd also say on the eight and a half, you're talking about eight and a half points being really, really valuable in a conference game when it's a total like 125 or 130. When you start getting over 170, all of a sudden the eight and a half, those points don't become as valuable. So not all lines are created equally. This is a great example. Alabama minus eight and a half. I will play in our one top 25 versus top 25 matchup on the Wednesday card. Another play I have, I'll go the other side here. I'll look at a underdog on the road, and that's in the Mountain West. Arguably the tastiest game of the card tonight. This is a really fun one in a Mountain West conference that, as of right now, likely to get six teams into the NCAA tournament. It is a super deep, talented league. And for those of us on the West Coast, we watch a lot of these games. Uh, Here I do, especially living in Vegas and having covered the conference for a long time. So pretty familiar with these squads. And we get a really fun rematch tonight, 22nd-ranked Colorado State, a projected six seed right now on the road at New Mexico, each eight and five in the Mountain West. New Mexico, though, is a projected 10 seed at the moment and has been slipping a little bit as of late, two and three their last five, and have actually lost back-to-back home games. Line open New Mexico, minus five and a half. A lot of money coming in on the Lobos, now out to six, while the total has come down a little bit. This originally opened in the 156 range. We're now down to 155 market-wide. And I really feel like people are overvaluing this latest trend of the unranked home team playing as a favorite against the ranked road team. It, it's one thing that if you follow the, you know, the Twitter cappers, you think it's one of these can't-miss, can't-lose systems. But every game is individual, right, as far as the handicap goes. You can't just blindly follow those trends. And to be honest, what's happening now is it's not like the trends have suddenly died here, but what's happening is the odds makers have adjusted. You're paying a tax every single time you get one of these unranked home teams against a ranked road team, and the home team is favored, to the point where now the numbers have evened out. Those situations are just 18 and 17 against the number this year. So if you're betting every single one of those on minus 110 VIG, you're losing money. And we have a similar situation happening today. This game should be much more tightly lined, but because of that situation, combined with the fact Colorado State is just 1-5 in in the Mountain West in their road games this year, you're getting an inflated line, and that's where I'm jumping in. I was waiting to see if this would catch six, and it has actually, even very early in still what we'd call the the overnight hours uh, betting-wise. And so I'll take those six points with Colorado State, a really talented team. And the thing I like about the Rams coming on the road is you know, they play so smart on the offensive end. Some some of these teams who rely heavily on the three ball, you worry about those games traveling to road environments, especially a tough road environment like the pit in Albuquerque. But Colorado State, they're eighth in the country in two-point percentage. They're third in assist-to-field goal ratio. They do a great job distributing the ball. You know, they don't really crash the glass at all. And as a result, they're one of the worst teams in offensive rebounds on the season, but that's really not a bad thing when you take quality shots and you consistently work the clock to get good looks. Head coach Nico Medved has really uh, emphasized that for his team. Don't force force yourself into quick, hurried possessions if the right look isn't there. They've got a six-foot senior guard in Isaiah Stevens who is one of the best floor generals in the country. His vision is just unmatched when you watch him play. He's small, but yet he sees spaces that other guys just 
don't have the vision to find. Third in the country in assist rate, and he combines that with a dead-eye shooting stroke from beyond the arc, 44% on threes. That's top 60 in the country, and it's a Colorado State team playing better as of late. They've won five of six and beat New Mexico in the first meeting in a game where Stevens showed off the sort of player he can be. 26 points in that game, eight assists. Colorado State won by eight at home uh, back on January 2nd. I get that Colorado State has had their struggles on the road, but keep in mind, four of those five losses have been to top 50 teams nationally in Mountain West League play. It's a sign of how good the conference is, and the one thing that the Rams struggle with you can exploit is defending the three ball. They're 174th in that regard, but New Mexico's a team that, kind of like we were just talking about with Florida, you know, they have good offensive numbers, but it's because they go really, really fast. They're not all that efficient. Their shooting numbers are outside the top 100, both in two-point range and three-point range. They're not a very good three-point shooting team, but they crash the glass pretty well. They don't turn the ball over much, and they play one of the fastest tempos in the country. So they get a ton of extra possessions and pour on points as a result. What I don't like about the Lobos is that they've started to show some cracks at the pit. They've lost the two straight games there, two and three their last five. And they really struggle with interior defense. It's not the biggest team. They have a really good a small guard as well, just like Stevens for Colorado State, six-foot senior Jalen House, who's averaged 16 or more points a game each of the last three seasons. But there's not a lot of interior size and depth there. And they're 148th in the country in defending two-pointers this year, which is the absolute strength of Colorado State's team. I get it. It's a revenge spot in the conference. It's a unranked home team playing as a favorite versus a ranked road team, which some people seem to think is just an auto bet every time. But every line has a price on each side that you, as a better, want to jump in on. And for me, that number is six on Colorado State. It's too many points, and I like the Rams to keep it close in a really fun battle in the Mountain West tonight. Those are the uh, two plays I really like. No play on the other marquee game tonight, which is eighth-ranked Duke at Miami, which is seeing a little bit of dog money here. Duke from five and a half on the opener as favorites on the road here. Miami getting some support. couple shops have taken that down to five with the total staying pretty static of just 150 there on that total. I just don't have enough trust in Miami. They've just been the walking dead here last couple weeks, having lost four straight and have really fallen off. They're not defending anybody on the interior one of the worst power five teams in the country in that regard. And, and that's where Duke really excels with the big man, the seven footer, Kyle Filipowski. Uh, so I'm not one, one to want to go to the well on Miami team who does not have much to play for. Now they're, they're way outside of any sort of bubble consideration at this point. Uh, and it's kind of just really reflects and speaks to how weak of a conference the ACC is in general and, and why I don't really love Duke, even though the numbers uh, certainly suggest on the balance of play, they should go into Miami and win the game by a couple possessions, but I'm not wanting to get involved there. And uh, will, will John Shire's team show up in Coral Gables with Miami trying to play spoiler? Well, we'll watch this thing and sit back. Don't need to play it pregame. I just wanted to bring that up quickly, though, since that is another marquee game as part of the Wednesday card. Again, I'll be on a numbers game coming up this morning, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time with Kelly Bidlin. Best of luck with all your bets on this Wednesday, February 21st. Josh Applebaum has you covered rest of the week into the weekend, as we'll see you next time here on VEASAN Morning Daily Bets.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.